Hey folks, we're back for a special weekend episode of Down in Alabama. I'm Ike Morgan. I'm the host. Uh, you know, if you've been paying attention to the news this week, you realize when we have to have a special episode, there's been way too much go on for just five days. I mean, we have the president in town and we'll, we'll, we'll just get to it. I have someone you'll recognize, Lita Gore, joining me. Uh, hey, Lita. Hey there. Really what kind of kicks it off She's had an extremely busy week. I mean, all all her weeks are busy, but the president's coming to town and everybody's nerves are kind of on edge. I, I mean, in, in good ways and bad, well, not in good ways and bad ways, but I'm talking about on all sides. You know, <laughs> people are, are kind of, um, they're ready to go. W would you say so, Lita? Am I... Yeah, their, <laughs> their sensitivities are beyond heightened. I would just say that. They're... On, I think on edge is actually kind of appropriate, and maybe it's football angst that's just sort of rolling over. You know, maybe the, that's what it is. The two things I think we can hate each other about the most and get away with it in this world are politics and college football. And we're, we're, yes, com we're combining so. the two. And I'd like to stick to college football from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you actually found yourself sort of you know, in the crosshairs of some people with a story this week. Um, the Student Government Association from the University of Alabama, mm -hmm. they don't want people fighting and causing a stir, causing a ruckus at mm -hmm. the ballgame. And so they sent out an, e well, an email. C can you just tell us a little bit about sure. what that story is so that we can kind of clear clear up what happened? Sure. And, and I'm glad to get the chance to sort of peel back the layers of this story because it it's one of those where the truth is is very far removed from what sometimes people think it is. Um, we received, started receiving buzz about an email that went out to different campus groups. You know, at the University of Alabama, there are certain organizations that have reserved seating. Most of them are fraternities and sororities, reserved seatings at the football games. Most of them are fraternities and sororities, but not all of them. There's a, a few, like, graduate groups and stuff like that. We started seeing some tweets come out where different organizations were upset about this email. The email basically says, um, first of all, arrive at the stadium early. The president's going to be there, you know, security. And then it said, um, anyone, and I am paraphrasing, but I'm using the important word of disruptions, anyone causing a disruption will lose their seat that night and then be banned for the rest of the season. They, you know, lose their reserved, their reserved area. Well, the the notes that we were seeing from so many people from from different people out there are are very upset and saying if I want to if I want to cause a disruption because President Trump's in there in the audience I'm going to. Um, and the word protest was used. If I want to protest, I'm going to protest. So um, after seeing this and knowing in my you know, 30 years of going to games in Tuscaloosa, I've seen more than my share of disruptions in Tuscaloosa. I was not aware of, of a letter like this ever going out. Turns out it, it hasn't, you know, in, in recent memory. Mm -hmm. um, write a story. And I did use the word protest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we write these stories, you are influenced by lots of things. You're also influenced by the people you talk to. And not everybody you talk to is going to be quoted in a story. So that's important to remember. So I'm very comfortable with that word. I'm very comfortable with my message I'm giving at the, when I write it the first time. So I write the story, 
and immediately it starts getting a lot of attention. And I think just because at that moment, the Trump coming to the game was very new. You know, it was a new process. In fact, had not even been confirmed by the White House yet. So immediately I start getting social media messages and, and just really lots of questions about it, lots of questions. I had contacted the SGA before the story ran, contacted the author of the memo, and, you know, you don't write a story in 15 minutes. It, it, it was a while, and never received a response. After the story came out, they issued a first response, which was the person, I think he's the director of, or whatever they call it, vice president of student services or whatever. He's the one who had mm. sent out the original email. Okay. He, he releases this statement through the Crimson White, which is the university's newspaper that says, or the student newspaper, that says, oh, there are no political connotations. And he uses the phrase, I'm sorry for the confusion, or, you know, I forget that word exactly he uses. But we weren't talking about that. We were telling people basically not to act up. Well, then the press secretary from the, or press secretary from the SGA issues a better, you know, a more formal statement saying, no, 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 that's, we respect people's First Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. We weren't talking protest, da, 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 da. Okay. At that point, I don't know who was the first. You know, you always get comments on stories. That's just a normal, natural part of life. Um, but people started really getting, I don't want to say overly excited, but they were just lamblasting the use of the word protest. And I realized because that, that, that they had a point. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. That was not the best choice of words. Well, and they were also feeling I some heat because they, uh, there, there were some social media groups using that to, to rip the university. So they, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. That, that once they started getting criticized, they pushed back. Mm-hmm. And I am very comfortable with saying they issued those statements in response to the criticism. And right. some of the criticism of my story was valid. I, I understand I stand by my story, but I don't love the and, and I think that's hard for people to understand when a reporter says that. But I don't love the choice of my choice of the word protest. Don't love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I I agree with it <laughs> because if you disrupt your, you know, if you protest, you disrupt. You're splitting hairs there. But that that's goes okay. to what that so goes to can, what is a protest, right? So we go back, which this is something else that people started slamming us for. But in the age of digital media, this is actually. Not only common, it's encouraged. We changed our headline, which happens. Mm-hmm, right. Usually it is just we're updating because it's more of a live, you know, it's a living. And I love that part of the online journalism. It's a live thing. Yeah. We yeah, added I, all the statements in. Yeah. Pretty quickly, too, I think. It, yeah, the yeah, story. super But it had, it had just had time to reach so far. Right, <laughs> right. And, super and then they, they, they did their, they sent you their um response and, and and I know the story changed because I was working in the newsroom and we were making yeah. adjustments to language everywhere. I like the better I like the, the the second headline was to me the best headline. You know, I started getting these emails, "Oh, this has nothing to do with Trump coming." Yeah, it did. I mean, you know, it <laughs> right. did. Well, yeah. And <laughs> and hey, I'm not saying I'm a po- you know, I do want people to have their first amendment rights. But I have nothing wrong with someone saying, y'all don't act fool. The interesting part was it was sent to those organizations that do have this relationship with the university in that they have reserved areas. And they came back, I think, in some later comments and said, well, there had been fights up there, and we didn't want people fighting. 
seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's about you know, time they crack I mean, down on that. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. Exactly. I, I will tell you the only time I was ever flashed in my life was at an Alabama LSU game <laughs> by an LSU fan. And, and therefore, you know, I don't know if we're sending that same message to them, but that's probably a good idea. But <laughs> This but is you really know what, small though, stuff. It's I just mean, that, it, that people are so tense. This is what happens. Well, and that's why words are important, um, too. I mean, we got to take that away from I it. I think it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I also think it speaks to a reach of a, of a story and mm-hmm. a reach of, yeah, of yeah. And, and I think I've, I've actually used this as an example with my own child this week. Yes, I, I don't love the choice of my word. I, I'm not going to take it back. I just don't think it was the optimal choice. Mm-hmm. I like the second version better. That's the best way to there say it. Go. I like the second version there better. So it's kind of an interesting lesson in, in that whole gamut of ha- having a story – Having a controversial story, um, having a story that that goes basically viral very very quickly, and then the the response not of hey why did you use this I disagree with you on that all of those kinds of things I encourage you wretched hag you know <laughs> you're Goodness a beep beep I, I don't that, that's just. <laughs> Above and beyond. And the other funny part about this whole thing, I'm sitting at my computer, again, helping my child with her homework. And we were arguing because she had to write an essay. And we were arguing over a choice of word because she knows more than I do, you know. Mm -hmm. And I looked, and I just glanced over at my work computer, and I went, I think the president just retweeted my story. (laughs) And it was a very surreal moment. (laughs) And he did. He retweeted the the story with the original headline, interestingly enough, without comment. He did not comment. I was kind of waiting for fake news. None of that happened. So I think, I don't know if to interpret that if he was proud of the story or if he liked, he thought it was great I, they were going to kick kids out of their seats. I, I think don't know. so. Yeah, well, I, I, I think so too. <laughs> that, that was what I took from it. Yeah, I don't think he was mad yeah. at the story. I think he was like, you know, see, Yay. y'all need to settle yeah. down. And, and, and he hasn't been vocal about any of this and the protest. And no. the, uh, have you ever seen anything like what's going on, the furor over a president coming to town to watch a ball game? Um, the only thing in my career that I've had to deal with that was sort of the same level of heated discussion was vaccinations. I have I have filed President Trump and vaccinations into the same category. <laughs> the same – it's almost the same level of two of nothing you can say is going to change anyone's mind. Nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't people's, think you want to change. mind is made up. I don't think you right, want to change right. anybody's mind about Trump. You just want him to no. just get a glass of tea and sit down and breathe well, for a minute. <laughs> you know, Walt Maddox, the mayor of Tuscaloosa, put out uh-huh. a statement. He he issued a statement that said, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat, this is the president of the United States, and we're honored to have the president, the office of the president of the United States here, and we're going to put our best foot forward. And I thought, thank you. You know, thank you for – for sort of that voice of reason in this whole thing, because it's going to be a circus. And anybody who's been to an Alabama LSU game can tell you it's already a circus. Well, he, so clearly, it's going to be a circus times 12. Clearly, Literally, Walt, Maddox, yeah. Walt Maddox, his 
political aspirations beyond mayor are over, right? If he's gonna if he's gonna start <laughs> yeah, being yeah. nice to everybody. <laughs> yeah, we, you can't be nice to everybody. There is no but, room. You know, I would almost say and it, I mean, I'm living in that bubble, so I may not be the most objective person, but it seems to me to completely have overshadowed the actual game. You know, like, who are they playing like, anyway? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's like, and I told somebody, I said, you know, because I'm a huge Alabama fan, and I said, um, at the end of this, I hope we all just can look at each other and say, we won, let's move on. You know, and that's really, truly what I hope. I'm, I'm going to be among those helping to cover things you know on saturday so i'm excited um just to kind of see how things all play out and now, maybe that'll make me less nervous for the game so we'll now, see right now now people listening you may actually be listening after the game's over or during the game okay so, so you let's may already so know happy. Yeah. so hold on hold on <laughs> let me let me record something really quick i'll, I'll record okay. two things and then i'll edit okay. man they went crazy cheering trump Man, they really gave it to Trump, didn't they? Okay, all right, we've got both of those covered, so I'll try to. I'll <laughs> the try to. The lights that. were flashing. Yeah. <laughs> well, but That's you know. That's what I thought, though. Instead of everybody getting mad, just flash those lights. Nobody will pay attention. <laughs> they they can't. You know, so much is going on in politics this week, and and we have some related stuff. But I mean, the bigger thing. I mean, I guess Trump coming to town is the flashiest thing. The biggest thing. Jeff Sessions is running for his old seat. We've talked about that before, whether he would do that months ago. And I don't remember yep. whether we got it right or wrong. But I, I, think, I think we were right. I think you were right. Yeah, I, I think, I think we were that right. I think that I projected <laughs> I was, a little. Let's and just say I was not surprised. I, think I, I was not surprised. I projected myself onto Sessions a little and figured he'd go fishing, but I don't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I would go fishing. Um, I think his timing is very uh, judicious. I think that was a smart timing. I mean. It just so happened to be the year after you resigned to mm-hmm. announce your candidacy. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, not to be over dramatic, but it is like put dropping a bomb into that race. Mm-hmm. Um, I see some of your less maybe committed candidates leaving quickly. I would, um, you know, you're you're sort of that second tier, and then maybe Byrne and Tuberville and him fighting it out. Um, yeah. And and more. Roy Moore's uh, not going anywhere. No, but he, he oh, won't win. Oh yeah, but, but I don't. Yeah. I don't consider him a valid candidate. He has yeah. no money right now. And and yeah, I, see that should tell you something. He he did not even enter my mind. In fact, what was interesting was when Sessions was asked about running, somebody asked about Roy Moore. Like the lead of the story was Roy Moore, and my first thought was, well, I don't even consider that your main competition. Yeah. Um, could be wrong. I've been wrong about Roy Moore before. Nationally, but, um, that's what they believe. And nationally, people are sure, thinking he's running sure. against Roy Moore. That's definitely yeah, no, not I the don't case. Even, Roy Moore doesn't even seem interested. But um, I was not surprised. I don't know if he's a lock. I actually think Tuberville's pretty good competition for him only because Tuberville can say, I'm an outsider. I'm not a politician. Mm-hmm. Um. And Tuberville, but I mean, let's be honest. It's not like Tuberville's going to walk into Tuscaloosa on any Saturday and say, "Yay, I'm running for office." I mean, people are going to hold up their thumb and remind him. But <laughs> you know, the I, to me, it hurt Bradley Byrne the most, just because he's, you know, I'm a seasoned politician. I'm a I'm a conservative lawmaker. I'm sort of aligning myself with Trump. So then now you have Sessions coming out saying, "Oh yes, I support President Trump," and by the way, I was the first one to do it. And I think it's very telling. It's very interesting 
that when President Trump was asked, you know, will you endorse Jeff Sessions today? I've got the quote he right here yes, if you want me to read it. But he didn't say no. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he said, uh, let's see, uh, I saw he <laughs> – this is a, this is a, a window. This is the most Trump a, comment. I this know, is a I know. window yeah. into how Trump uh, – yeah. Um, yeah, I saw absolutely. He said, I saw he said some very nice things about me last night. We'll have to see. I haven't made a determination. <laughs> so, yeah. so see, he, Jeff yeah, has oh, made yeah, a comeback so he's here. Me, so I may like him again. Yeah, it's, he's um, played his cards right. Yeah. But see, here's the interest, and he did play his cards right. He did. Jeff Sessions did, you know, people can dislike him, whatever, but he handled his exit as gracefully as you could. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a point. You know, his his thing he said, I didn't go out and write a tell-all book. I haven't been everywhere yeah. doing all this stuff. I've kept to myself. And it was smart. That was mm-hmm. a smart thing to do. You know, he did not go from attorney general to U.S. senator because he's a dummy. And I think mm-hmm. writing him off like that is a disservice. Um, but I also think it's very telling that Trump didn't say, oh, absolutely not. I'm team Tumberville or I'm team Byrne or team Marshall, whoever. I think that's interesting. The other thing that's very interesting in all this is Richard Shelby, because Richard Shelby immediately, immediately when asked, will you endorse Sessions? He says, yes, absolutely. He is my friend and I will endorse him. Well, the reason that matters, not that Sessions doesn't have money, but Richard Shelby has a whole bunch. And he doesn't have anything to do with it. You know, he's, I don't 80-something, and, you know, probably will not run again. So he can support whatever candidates he likes, and he has a big checkbook. I think Richard Shelby's endorsement is, um, it was, was bigger, it will play out bigger than what we realize right now. I think, you know, I think... Whoever is nominated, maybe with the exception of Roy Moore, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think you will see a huge, huge, huge Republican upswing of support backing that person just against Doug Jones. Now, if it's Moore, we'll have to deal with that because I think that's going to be a hot mess. Well, but I don't think uh, it will be more. Yeah, yeah that, that was, it, it was fluky last time, and I'm not going after more right. personally. I know people are listening who voted for him and, and, and believe in him. That That's fine. Oh, it's not yeah. – it, it's just, just – it, it had to be fluky to get for winning back that seat. That's right. Yeah, that's I'm right. talking about how do you – if you're a Republican and you want to win back that seat, mm-hmm. 99% of people are going to say don't put Roy Moore up against him. You know, that's just politics. But I think whoever it is – uh, you know, they're going to fight, and they're going to be – it's going to be a – well, I, I think Sessions it, – it just depends. It depends on what these – Sessions looked at some numbers somewhere. He didn't enter this blindly. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, there there is something that I've said, and this has played out, and I'm not the only one saying it, um, that Trump backing a candidate in Alabama – really has that much influence. I, I mean, no, he backed Luther Strange. I, I think people yeah. in Alabama like Trump, but it's for different reasons than they select yep, their mo- more local candidates. And I agree. But in this case, for Jeff Sessions, because Trump has made a lot of people mad at Jeff Sessions, you, you hear if you listen to any conservative talk radio, they've turned on him. I mean, it, it's people calling, you know, people yeah. are... In his case, uh, would it be more important for him to get that um, that backing yeah. from Trump? It might. It might be. It might sort of close his loop. You know, I think the thing with Sessions would be, you are voting for the known. 
Mm-hmm. You know what he's going to do. You know what he supports. You know what kind of senator he's going to be. It's interesting, you know, I was thinking today, so much of senatorial appointments are based on seniority. And he had moved up those ranks pretty far, and I'm like, well, does he start over? You know, I, mm-hmm. I wonder about these sort of nuts and bolts things. But I think that, I think to close the loop, if Trump comes out and says, yeah, he was a crummy attorney general, but I sure did like him in the Senate, it's going to be hard to overcome that for anybody. Unless Tuberville just does the, I'm an outsider, elect somebody new, elect somebody young, or that may be the best tact. Because other than that, I don't see how you would get around, if Trump does say he supports him in some way, I don't see how you get around that. You know, I think it would it would help Sessions. I don't think he has to have it to win. I think it would sure help. One thing that especially people outside of Alabama are saying, but but even people inside Alabama and, and people on the left are all because, you know, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday, both sides, everybody, all of us, our opponents, we always see this mountain of hypocrisy. You know, we can call them out yeah. on anything. Yeah. And people are saying, how in the world can somebody in Alabama vote for Trump and then vote for this guy that Trump hates and just disparages oh, and ridicules. Me at all. Yeah. Now, now, that wouldn't Ka- surprise me at all. At Kyle, all. Kyle Whitmire yeah. wrote a column about it. Yes. I mean, he called yes, it. Yes, it was spot on too. The uh, cognitive dissonance. Uh, I, yeah. I, I didn't take psychology classes, so I, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I, well, you 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 call that spot on. I, I think. I think it's that they're electing these people for different reasons. They elect Trump yes. to be the fighter, and they're electing yes. their their senator because of where he stands on the issues. You know, I mean, I think they give right. well, they forgive yes. Trump a lot of stuff. I mean, everybody's like, they "Well, how do. can and how can you get yes. behind?" No, he's going. He's he's the Arn Anderson, the enforcer, right? Uh, Arn Anderson, <laughs> the wrestling reference. Um, <laughs> I think what. I think also Sessions can say, I recused myself. Whether you agree or disagree, we all agree it was a, quote-unquote, trumped-up prosecution, and look, we were right. So, see, he can say that, too. I may have recused myself, but in the end, I, we were all, you know, Trump was not guilty of what they said he was. He, he hinted he at that, I that thought. Out there too. I thought he hinted yep. at that on Fox News when he, he made his announcement. Yep. Because he, uh, what he didn't come out and say, because I don't think he wanted to get Trump's ire going, what he probably wanted to say was, aren't you glad you didn't get through that investigation and now have everybody saying, it's because I ran block yep. on it for him, you know? Yep. Yep. He sure did. And, you know, he has that, that, Sort of, I can stand back and say, I did what I, you know, because I do think, I've covered Jeff Sessions for a long time, and I've I've had the occasion to talk to him one-on-one a couple times, and you like I said, you can like him, you can dislike him, but he, he is almost um, dogmatic in his, I'm going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the right thing according to what his beliefs are, right, right. but he is very um, adamant, he is not a populist that holds his fingers up and says, which way is the wind blowing? Right. And He so doesn't seem inconsistent that, to me on too much. Right. Yes, absolutely. So I think that's interesting to see how that will play out as far as supporting Trump. You know, I thought he handled this announcement masterfully. What I want to do now, 
I want to swing back to journalism just for a brief moment to end it on, because that's what we started out talking about. And uh, I don't think I mentioned to you I was going to do this, but <laughs> John Yank. <laughs> John Yang. No, I'm not asking questions. You can comment on this, but but I, there were a couple of quotes. Uh, Lee Roop with with AL.com did a story. John Yang was in Huntsville last night, I think. He's mm-hmm. a journalist on PBS. He's been with the Washington Post, and you know we talked about a little bit about the word protest and some of these other things, and a lot of yeah. what we see in today's news. Everyone is so divided. As a preface, I do not believe in relative truth. What's right is right. It was right in yeah. 23 BC. It'll be right a thousand years from now. Um, but people do see things differently, and to get to that truth can be difficult. He quoted Ben Bradley, who was the uh, longtime editor at yeah. the Washington Post. Uh, we don't publish the truth. We publish what other people tell us. And what of that we believe, and that's what we try to do when we have something like this that's coming out of, you know, Alabama. We look at it and we see it. Everybody's going to have their own truth. And then Yang said later that he, you know, as a young journalist, he was after the truth. You know, his his uh, he didn't say this, but his heart was on fire. I mean, we all know how that feels. But he said, but with more and more experience, I realized that's really an impossible goal. You can tell Absolutely. both. You can tell both sides of the story and get closer and closer. And this is this is my favorite part. It's goosebumps for me. And let the reader make the final judgment. Period. End yep. Quote. So yep. Uh, you know, a lot of times that doesn't sound like the greatest <laughs> thing to reach for because you do want to get that truth. But it, it that, well, that's so meaningful. Well, here's to the me. thing. And it's like um, if you're covering a cop story. Let's say there's a break in at a pharmacy. So you're going to get a statement from the police, and they're going to tell you one thing. And then you're going to get a statement from, let's say, the person's attorney or, you know, if they've got something like that. You're going to get the other side. You cannot, you know, just because the police said it doesn't make it 100% accurate. Just because the attorney said it doesn't make it 100% accurate. The best you can do is report both sides. Um, You're trying to, but, you know, you are not the arbiter of concrete truth. You're not. And and so, you know, we've all read the same story on two different things and read two completely different takes on the story. But I think you, I think that his point is spot on. You are telling, you know, you, you interview somebody, you relate their story, you can fact check, you can check, you can, you know, get cooperation, you can do these things, but you are still telling their story, their side of things. Hey, all these people who are reading this memo, that's how they took it. You know, it certainly came across this way. And somebody had a, a brilliant, believe it or not, on Twitter, had a brilliant thing that said, it is not a leap to infer, given the timing and the circumstances that this memo was sent out. And I thought, you're, you're right. You know, it's not a leap. It's not pulled out of thin air. And so, but it, it's been an interesting, just a, a whole interesting sort of microcosm of how modern journalism works and how social media works and how, you deal with that and handle it, and you know. Then you, the next day, you you move on. You, there, you, I did have to tell you the next day. I looked for happier stories. I, I will have to tell you that. <laughs> there, 
people, <laughs> people who listen to us are always thinking, no matter what they're talking about, why do they always go back to the making of the story and the journalism? It's, it's, a, it's a sick obsession. But we, we do give it consideration. How about that? Absolutely. Um, you don't always get to explain the story behind it. You don't get to say, hey, this is why this happened, and this is what – and you try to in a way, but sometimes you can't because the feelings are so raw that if you go in there and try to explain something, nothing you say is going to be taken at any kind of value at all. So sometimes you have to wait a few days and say, you know, hey, there was – this wasn't just pulled out of thin air. There are people saying, I can't protest. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. sort of where it comes from. Right. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Lita. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And uh, I hope uh, the listeners, um, uh, you know, I hope you got something out of it. Um, Yeah. uh, And if they like me, they can tweet at me. And if not, just keep it to themselves. Yeah. Fuss at her. Fuss at her. Go get her. (laughs) (laughs) Go get her. (laughs) Hey. Sounds great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back on Monday morning uh, with a new news briefing. Until then. Please come by and see us anytime you want to on the World Wide Web at AL.com.